We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 276. It is probably a rough Saturday morning for many Yankees fans out there, Scott, because they left. I just saw this stat. 22. 22 goddamn base runners on base. That's embarrassing. I mean, it's it's one of those things that's uh, that's that's you know been a known quantity for the, from this team. This is this has been. The Achilles heel. Someone tweeted me Achilles tendon of this team. I'm like, come on, bro. If you're going to say it, just at least please tell me it's the Achilles heel. <laughs> I, I, I can't even handle get the phrase. The, the amount of negativity on Twitter tonight was was, oh, was, it was killing me. All time. Uh, and I was I was like trying to level above it a little bit, and I just kept drinking is what got me there. But <laughs> but when someone comes worked. in and says Achilles tendon, I you know I almost lose my shit. <laughs> yes, it's the, their ACL. <laughs> the ACL. Uh, it's their ACL MCL. 
of this team <laughs> is hitting with runners in scoring position. Oh, and, and it it's, so... uh, you know, it's one of those things. And, and you know, it, it, you, you circle the ones that you have, uh, the opportunities that you have with less than two outs. To me, those are the big ones. When you have guys on with two outs, you know, a lot of, and, and there's two outs, like, it's a crapshoot. I get that. But when you have less than two outs and you certainly have no outs, you know, you better, you better damn well do something about that, especially against subpar pitching. And the whole game plan was to get to that bullpen, and they did. They did they it. They did it. They got there in, in the sixth inning. I thought maybe Cora had a little bit of a quick hook on Sale, um, but they're being careful with him. Sale looked – I thought Sale looked good, all things considered. His velocity wasn't 98 miles an hour, but he was still dominating. Yeah, but you. But, but in the fifth inning, his his velocity sort of going way did. down, and so and Cora saw that they were he sitting went out there on and pulled him. Yeah, and then we saw. I've said this. I said it on Twitter. I said it in the post game video, the parade of donkeys that the Red Sox yeah. have in that bullpen right. is a joke. They tried to hand the Yankees the game on a silver platter. The bases loaded in the sixth inning. Um, Workman could not throw strikes. He didn't throw a strike. Glaber Torres actually swung at all balls. And I understand, like, he, he struck out on that 3-2 pitch. That was a ridiculously nasty pitch. It was a nasty pitch. When That is the last pitch that Glaber Torres is, is expecting in that situation is a 3-2 hook. So, okay, tip your cap to Workman there. He made a good pitch. But then the Yankees load the bases in the seventh inning. Nobody outs. And that's the situation you were just talking about. It's the ones with less than two outs that are really killer. They could have made that a one-run ball game if they just made smart outs. And they only got one run. And then if they had just made it a, a one-run ball game back in the seventh inning, the eighth inning is totally different. The ninth inning is totally different. Everybody is the tying run. Instead, they needed two, and only Judge was able to show up after after the seventh inning. Yeah, I mean, the, the bottom line is that they, they – they, to me, I'm circling the um, the bases seventh. loaded. Bases lo- yeah, bases loaded seventh with Seventh inning with was no the turning point of the game. Was, was, was the one where they needed to take advantage of. Uh, and then you could see that the Red Sox got desperate because they're coming in with, with Rick Porcello coming into the eighth inning – and and you know acting as kind of like what it, it's it's really the recipe that Houston did last year, you know they're bringing in starters to to fill in their pathetic bullpen and you know they saw it work last year. We see that baseball is a freaking trend league and and really that's what they're doing. It's it's uh you know Cora obviously knows what his his bullpen looks like and and he'll just figure out another starter for game three if Porcello can't go. They'll just well no they'll, he's gonna they'll, be able to go. They'll, they'll figure it out. I'm saying if he had to go further, day. yeah. It wasn't a big deal, but you could see that they have no faith in any of those guys. Yeah, you know that—that's the biggest thing. And the Yankees, the Yankees know that. It's not like it's a surprise. Everybody knows that. And they did the game plan work. They were they were working counts. Like the game plan worked on the offensive side. I should say they were they were working counts. They got his pitch count up to a point where he was going to be done in the in the fifth or sixth inning, and then they get to the bullpen for for you know longer than two, and that's what they did. And they were able to to get the guys on just were not able to get that big hit. And um, this was a game the Red Sox absolutely had to win, and it was evident by the fact that they used Porcello in this game because they did not want to go down one game, drop the first one to the Yankees, and then have David Price, who has his sphincter just shrinks up whenever the Yankees are, are in town. So that was a must-win game for the Red Sox. It was not for the Yankees. That's not to excuse the fact that they they really missed so many opportunities. It would have been... 
an unbelievably uh, crushing loss for, for the Red Sox. But if you're trying to take away any positives for the Yankees, it's kind of still status quo uh, as we thought four hours ago. There were a couple of big things that happened, I think, in this game. And we were talking about this yesterday about, about keys to this first game, right? And I was talking about how J-Hap you could really turn, turn this series – uh, in, in a different way, if you were to able, if you were able to get any depth, and we saw what happened, he got zero <laughs> depth. He was he was uh, you know erratic in the strike zone in the, from the beginning, and um, JD Martinez caught a fastball that, that leaked inside, basically and smacked the barrel of his bat, and and flew right over the monster, like right. It was a it was a, um, a line drive, hard hit ball that went over missile. the monster. <laughs> but the thing is, is that when when uh, J Hap left, we had. Um, Guys come in. Chad Green was not. He was getting hit around. Uh, he he kind of he, he did settle down a bit, but he let the the hap runners in. But I, I think yeah. one of the honestly, if we're looking at the the positives of this game, because to me, you need to take one of these games at Fenway. Okay, like that. That's it. You need to swing the home field advantage so that the Yankees have an opportunity to go to the Bronx with two games. Uh, you know, to win the series. Like that to me is what their their goal is at this point. Um, even walking into this game, like a sweep would be great, amazing, but you got to win one. And the fact that Lance Lynn came in and ate those innings up and and saved the bullpen, you know, for for the rest of the series, really, I think is one of those things that that will go unnoticed, but was a big uh, was a big deal for the for the uh, pitching staff today. What did he end up going? Two innings. Yeah, and he was good, man. Like he was effective. Yeah. He let a runner on. He, he almost had a clean inning in his second inning of work. Uh, I think walked Mookie bet. No, walked a nine guy to get to Mookie bets and then yeah, struck out Mookie bets on the one that I, and then yeah, was, struck out Mookie bets on that, on that, on that beautiful, call. on that beautiful call on the outside corner. Well, at least if, if there's, if anyone's complaining about the umpire, they need to shut up because he was equally terrible for both sides. So, um, it was frustrating, but at the same time, I don't think it benefited one team or the other. But yeah, let, let's kind of start at the top with Hap. Um, you knew it was rough. He did not have his command. And then he walks Steve Pierce. So it's first and second with J.D. Martinez coming up. That's just, that's just asking for trouble. That's asking for a disaster. It is. At the same time, I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, Steve Pierce didn't hurt us. <laughs> but you're not. But like if you're back of even, my mind. despite the fact that Steve Pierce is a Yankees killer, I'd much rather <laughs> face Steve Pierce and attack Steve Pierce I than know. go after J.D. Martinez. So, and right. the Red Sox, another key to the series that we mentioned are, will the Red Sox be aggressive on the base pass? And Benintendi gets on in the first inning, first pitch, he steals. And they also yeah. bunted twice. They they yes. bunted in situations to be a, to, um I mean, ben I know ben is, was a drag bunt to get on base. That right. was a so base I know, hit like, bunt. Bunting that was is, not a sacrifice bunt. Bunting is traditionally thought of as conservative, but I almost feel like that was an aggressive bunt <laughs> right there. Um, and I was getting on Voight for that play uh, because I thought he gave up on the play too soon. I thought if he charged that ball a little harder, he could have had a play at first base. Um, I see. The but, thing is, I, I, like, even on that play, I, I don't think Voight had a, a a real play. I mean, even if he charged the ball harder, it had nothing to do with Glaber getting to second or Hap not getting to first. It, the 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 um the point was is that that it was going to be a bang bang play with Glaber getting to first because Hap yes. couldn't get there. I mean, Hap falls Hap off to the other there. side. There, he he had no chance to get there. He had no chance to beat that out. So Glaber has to to um to get to that bag for them to even have a play. And even if 
Voigt was charging the ball in full steam, had plenty of time. He's still going to have to th- make a firm throw, perfect throw, and maybe they get him. It, it would have been bang-bang. So honestly, I, w- I, don't, I was fine with him putting it in his pocket because I saw that ball sailing into right field. Okay, yeah, I mean, it's not, maybe I was overreacting at the time, but um, it, it, it was just one of those things that there was just, you could tell that the hap was not long for the game, and it was another base runner that, that, that you just didn't, didn't need at the time with the middle of that batting order coming up. Um, Hap gets pulled after two plus innings. He, he, uh, he gave, he did not give the Yankees a chance in this game yet. They still almost won the game. So I, I, I don't know if that's a positive or or a negative or what it is, but it's just a fact that Hap, if you had told me before this game, Hap's going two plus innings, I would have said, okay, well then the Red Sox are winning nine, nothing. Yeah, but I mean, we know that this team is never dead, and, and as soon as you get into that bullpen, that you know, there's there's an opportunity to uh, to do damage. So, you know, look, the the bottom line is, is that Hap, Hap you know, had a, a very 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 early um, horrible pitch to JD Martinez that he put out of the ballpark, and that was it. That was the big turning point early in the game. If Hap, if Hap could get through that, like you're probably seeing an inning or two more than Hap because he's had trouble early in games before and then he settles down and he just couldn't get to that point. And I think the Red Sox well, you weren't going to let him aggressive. get to that point. No, they were. That's good. the thing. That is, if this is a regular season game, you let him stay out there. You're not going to let him stay out there in a playoff. That's. Game. I, I don't mean the fact that like, you let him stay out there after that home run. I'm saying if he were to get to the, um, if he, if he's able to get Martinez in that situation, you could see Hap settling down and going another two, you know, maybe two innings. But it was a big pitch. J.D. Martinez put barrel to the ball and smacked the ball into the th- and beat Jay Happ on that one. And that was it. You knew he was done at that point. Like it, he's going to be taken out, uh, probably on the. Um, you know, I think he let, uh, walked a guy, or it was a ba- no, it was a base hit to start the next inning, and then um, and then and then uh, Boone pulled him. And and you know there could have been a couple of reasons. Boone pulled him for for one not being effective, but also early enough where you can bring Jay Happ back uh, at an opportunity later in the series. Um, you know, maybe earlier than you normally would where, you know, potentially he could be effective against the Red Sox. That's actually a question I put in here. We had on Twitter from at Eddie C 85. He says, does Hap start again if it gets to that point? But I, I do like you, your point there that saying, well, Hap might be a factor in game four now if they need him. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think it's very valid at this point. He didn't, he didn't throw enough. I mean, it's, uh, it's probably similar to what Porcello, you know, it, he definitely threw more pitches, but you could definitely come back um, uh, on a game four for this. I mean, and he he could have. I mean, he would be on short rest even if he threw a lot of pitches on game four. But he only threw forty four pitches. That's like an extended yeah. bullpen session. That's so exactly. If it. they need him for two or three innings in in a game four elimination, uh, maybe we see that happen because it's if you're if your loser go home, then you don't play for tomorrow. You play for the day. Right. You play for tonight. Um, and it's kind of funny because I almost think like the Red Sox played like this was an elimination game for them. That that's the that's how they treated this game. No, they did. I mean, they knew that they had to win this first game. I think it was it was a momentum swinger. Um, Cora knew that. That's why he brought Porcello into this game because at that point, that was the at, at that moment the the biggest thing that they needed to do was win game one. They could not lose the first game in Fenway Park against the um, the the quote underdog Yankees. Uh, in front of their buzzing home crowd after the season that they had, they just couldn't do it. it morally, optically, it would it would have been a bad loss. 
Um, Especially after they were up five nothing in the sixth inning yeah. with their ace on the mound. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think Cora Cora does have one of you know I give him a lot of credit for having. He seems like he's one of those managers who has a um, you know he's very connected to the pulse of the team, and and I, I you know I think he pulled the he pulled the right moves in situations when when he had to. It's not like he had a lot he has a lot to work with with his bullpen. So you're, you're kind of running a crapshoot at that point, and, and that's why we saw Porcello in the game. And then we move on to the fourth inning, and Hicks has a good at-bat, um, his second good at-bat of the night. The first one, he he worked a walk, and then he had, I think it was a nine-pitch at-bat, gets a single. And then you see the trainers trot out there, and you're like, all right, things are th- – this is this is how this game is going to go for the Yankees. Yeah, it's not good, obviously, to see him uh, with that. It was an aggravated hamstring or I don't know. Remember. Right, uh, uh, right hamstring soreness or tightness. Okay. So they and if you're wondering, hey, what was that hamstring injury he had a couple of weeks ago? Well, that was his left hamstring. Yeah, but his hamstring, he's got he's got weak hamstrings, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> he's got him and Tanaka he, both go Yeah, to, I was just going to say. They he, they do he the goes same to the same UI yeah, soft tissue. They go uh, to the same UI trainer. Yeah. Their their trainer doesn't work hamstrings apparently. It's like you saw we saw Aaron Hicks's uh Instagram videos. He's swole from the from the from the chest up. You know, there was there wasn't there were no he's pictures of get, Instagram do him doing squats. Can we get foam roller to give uh, Aaron Hicks a sponsorship or something to loosen those hamstrings before he's out there sprinting to first base? Yeah, it's bad. You want to you want to hear something uh, just totally sparked? It's totally random. I had my first obsessive parent sports moment where I couldn't find. I'm looking for like a foam bat for Kemp, like a like a, a foam bat that's his size, and I legitimately can't find one. So I was in uh, a store and I saw a foam roller for hamstrings. No, I, hold on. So, can I guess? So I, yeah, I mean, you it's pretty it obvious at this point. Yeah, I, <laughs> I whittled a bat out of a foam roller, <laughs> and it's per- and it's and it's it. perfect. Can you tweet out a picture of that? Yeah, I will. I will. I even drilled a hole down the center of it so that I could add a stability rod. You, uh, you, you uh, put a little tape on the handle or a little pine tar on the handle. No, no pine tar on the handle. I figured he would. Uh, that'd be bad for ingesting because he eats everything. Yeah, yeah so, <laughs> right. so he's not he's so much swinging age. the bat at a ball at this point. He's more eating, trying to eat the bat. Or you know, we're uh-huh. working on swinging things. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, so, he won't injure himself by swinging a foam roller. I don't think so. No, he probably could have done better than Stanton did tonight. Oh yeah, because Stanton. Well, I mean, if he can <laughs> learn to swing the bat, John Carlo. If if my little boy could learn to swing a bat. In, in a situation in the uh, the you know in a, in a pivotal point when you're just looking at three pitches, come on, dude. Well, that's the that's one thing is he was he looked totally overmatched looking at a uh, a strike three called in the ninth inning. But the at the biggest at bat of the game was Stanton in the seventh inning with bases loaded and nobody out. Yeah, and he struck out. Yep, that's the biggest at bat of the game. You can tell when Stanton's going to strike out. Well before he strikes out, the, the, you could tell after one pitch. Yeah, the last, the last, so the last um, in the ninth inning, I'm, I'm sitting here with my wife watching the game, and I'm like, he's going to strike out. I can tell right now he's already done. He's done. He was fooled by the first pitch, and then the second pitch was a, a fastball blown by him. And I'm like, all he's got to do is throw anything off speed that looks like it's going to be in the strike zone, and he's going to swing and he's going to miss horribly. And that's exactly what happened. Like the dude, he's just, you could tell that when, when he's uncomfortable in an at bat, that it doesn't end well. It just, he's never, he, he's not able to, to like refine that, um, you know, that feeling or that zone or, or whatever the hell it is that these guys feel. He's not able to get back to that point where he's, uh, has any type of confidence to make contact with a pitch. 
Right. And if we're going up and down the lineup, just assessing performance tonight and assessing at-bats, I thought McCutcheon had some good at-bats. Judge was locked in all night. Yep. The two at-bats that Hicks had before he left with an injury I thought were really good. He looked locked in. Yep. So your first three guys in the order were looking good, and then Stanton comes up there batting cleanup, and he's just totally lost. Didi, had a Didi also looked really good. He almost he just missed a home run. Uh, and missed a double missed a down couple, the left field line. Yeah, he looked good. And, and Voight had uh, two RBIs tonight, yep. so it's really Stanton was kind of the hiccup in there. Um, and I'm not saying it's all on Stanton, but if he does something positive there in that seventh inning, it completely changes the entire game. If we're talking about at-bats and we're going up and down, to be, to be fair, and, and looking at all of them, Glaber looked lost, and Andujar and, and did Duhart. not look good either. Totally lost, yeah. yeah. And, but Glaber's and, uh, been... Glaber's I thought been, Glaber... Has, he's, been, he's not been good at the plate for, for quite some time now, again. He's, he's rolling um, into another one of these streaks. Very, very... So one thing that I, I I have no so with Glaber in that at bat with Workman, Workman didn't throw a strike to Gary Sanchez. Right. So that's four out of four straight out of the strike zone. Yeah. What the hell are you doing swinging at? And then he threw ball one to Glaber Torres. What the hell are you doing swinging at the next pitch? Yeah. He swung at a slider outside. That would have been ball two and six straight out of the strike zone. Instead, you're letting Workman get back into that count. I. I don't know if that's a uh, a sign that needs to be coming from the dugout to say take there or if Glaber Torres just needs to understand I'm taking this next pitch. But when a guy has thrown five straight balls coming out of the bullpen in a key spot right there, you don't swing the freaking bat. <clears throat> I don't know. There's a couple things here. Um, if, if, a guy, if, a guy, if a professional athlete, if a professional pitcher has thrown that many balls, you're looking for him to come back to the plate at some point, right? So, so my, my thought is, is that the, the batter who's also a professional batter, should be looking for something specific, right? At that point, he should be looking for something that he wants to hit and, and in a zone that he wants to hit so that he's ready to go if, if for any reason this ball comes into this zone. So if I'm Gleyber Torres and he's looking for a fastball on the outside corner, let's just say that's it, and he's looking for that pitch, and, and if he sees that pitch, he's going to swing because now he's locked into one pitch, and it all comes down to pitch recognition. If he can recognize a fastball coming out of his hand and the, pit, and the pitch is where he wants it to be and he already made this decision before the pitch happened, this is classic A-Rod, by the way, then, then you're, you as a professional hitter and, and a good hitter like Labor Torres who can put bat to ball is probably going to take a good swing and, and I'm confident in that you're going to make contact in that. So I have no problem with you swinging at that if that's your game plan. But here's the deal. He's been struggling for so badly lately that I think that he's just not recognizing pitches. I think that he maybe thought that was what he he thought he saw, and you know, well, obviously he, he wouldn't have swung well, otherwise. And Workman pulled the string on him, so the but, so he's not recognizing the pitch that that he thinks because there's no way in that situation that he's just swinging, you know, freely. He's looking for something specific. I, I don't think you even let him have that decision. I think you give him a take sign. I don't know why. When, when, because the pitcher can't throw a strike. Exactly. So if you, so you have to have trust in your guys that they can recognize the pitches. If they can't if recognize that's Aaron the pitches, Judge then it's up a there, big deal. then you have trust in the guy. If it's if it's somebody who's locked in, then you te- then you just let him do his thing. But Gleyber Torres hasn't been locked in. We just said that. Yeah, I, I, I'm still 
you're still able if you're looking for one specific thing like that's the type of that's exactly the type of situation that that gets you out of a slump that yeah, you, and I know you get the one to... pitch that you're expecting to 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 get you're not going up there just trying to um, swing at pitches and guess what's coming like you're literally only going to swing if there's a fastball on the outside part of the plate and if that's if that's what your mentality is at that point then good things should probably happen honestly if it's if it's thrown there and I know it's easy to Monday morning quarterback it, uh, and that's what we're doing at this point. But I thought I, I, I thought I was saying to myself as I was watching, take take the next pitch, and he didn't, and it let Workman back in the count. But um, it's it's all things. about execution, though. It's all about execution and execution of of a specific game plan within the count because these guys are going up with you know multiple game plans. They go in you know in a one one o two o count, and and then they're you know the game plan changes on a two o count. And if they don't execute what's what's happening at that point, then that's that's just on them not executing. I, like, I have a hard time. You got to believe in your guys. You can't play scared. I'm not. I'm certainly not one for for Aaron Boone it's or not, anybody else playing okay. scared. I disagree. That's not playing scared. It, it that's is playing a little smart. Bit. That's playing smart. No, what's that's, that's playing assessing smart is the looking situation. for something that you're actually going to hit. <laughs> that's smart. What? The guy just came out of the bullpen. You could smell the dump in his pants through the television. Make him throw a strike. The bases are loaded. The pitcher is on his heels. Make him throw a strike. He took the 3-1 pitch, so he clearly had the take sign there because no one ever Andrew, takes a 3-1 you're missing pitch. The, you're missing the entire point here. Yes, make him throw a strike. My point is, is that Glaber Torres was not reading the ball. He, he should have been looking for that strike. By make him throw a strike, I mean take a strike. No, make him throw a strike. That's where I'm at. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying take it all costs i'm saying you look in a one zone that you feel comfortable that you can go in and you to and you look for that pitch if you get that pitch you take a good swing at it i, I, ha- I, would, I have to have I confidence Aaron in my Boone. guys especially glibert torres who's you know one of the one of the guys who's talking about rookie of the year like this he's not a slouch he's he's a good hitter if i were aaron boone in that situation i would have gone up there taken the bat out of glibert torres hands given him kemp's foam bat and said don't swing this thing yeah. Well, I mean, that's just that's just going to hurt you at a different point when you have no confidence in a guy, and then he's going to have to take a pitch that he could have smacked out of the ballpark. I don't know. I, I don't like that approach. Like so, but my 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 problem is still. I I think we're at the same point in the in the fact that he shouldn't have swung at the ball. That's the bottom line. Have swung at the pitch because it was a it was a slider off the plate. It would have been two zero instead. It's a one one count, and he still works it to three one. Then it's three two. And then the hook, which was huge. At that time, it was the biggest point in the game. Then the next inning was ends up being the turning point, as we've said a couple times. Um, I thought uh, McCutcheon – so Kimbrell comes in for a multi-inning save. That's not something that Cora likes to do. Right. We saw Kimbrell blow a save to the Yankees at Yankee Stadium early in the season. It was in May when Gardner had that triple, and then Judge had that home run. That was a multi-inning save, and it didn't work out for them. So Kimbrell is definitely not a multi-inning guy. They needed to do it tonight. Judge ends up getting the home run in the ninth inning. So another positive is that you made everybody in that bullpen sweat and work. So tomorrow, um, today, as you guys are listening to it, it just struck midnight. I'm looking right now. It just struck midnight. Um, Price, he... He's, you know how the Yankees are against Price. He's got a 10, I wrote it down, 10.34 ERA against the Yankees this season. Um, so if you can get to Price a little early and get into that bullpen again, I, that's the strategy. It almost worked tonight. It'll start working. 
that's it. They just got to continue. They got to be patient. They have to be patient in Fenway and, and get get back to this bullpen. But you know, when, when you're patient and you're and you're letting things develop, you still have to take advantage of opportunities. And you're being patient for those opportunities. That's the whole point of being patient. You're waiting for your time to strike. And if you don't strike in that time, then your patience is for absolutely nothing. And and you know, the all the at bats that you're working and doing all these things. But again, game one. Game one absolutely rolls into game two and the fact that these guys are still worked and, and they still got all of that, all of those, uh, you know, that work, the work on the arms, all those pitches were still thrown. And then tomorrow that bullpen is still garbage and David Price is still David Price. And there's definitely a mental advantage for the Yankees. So, you know, I, I do hope that they can take that, you know, what they did after Hap was out because, you know, after Hap was out, the Yankees looked pretty good. You know, they, they did what they had to do. It, it was it was early damage that, that really hurt them, and they just weren't able to overcome it. Right. Lynn, it, it, after – I didn't think that Chad Green looked good. He gave up a lot of hard-hit contact. Both of those runs from Hap scored, but Lynn looked really good. Britton looked solid. D-Rob looked solid. Yep. So uh, you didn't have to use Batances or Chapman or um, – who else am I missing in that bullpen? Holder didn't pitch. Tarpley didn't pitch. Uh, anybody else? That, that Any you, of the starters? No, I mean, if you're bringing in a guy like, but no, that's I think that's it. Right. So, so if you can get, I mean, the, the game plan is Tanaka five, go five innings, and then, and then I guess you go to Chad Green and hope he has a better night, <laughs> or or do you go to Holder? Or yeah, I think Holder. To, I think I think Chad Green's is is not going to pitch tomorrow. I, I think he's probably burned at this point. What do you, okay, you so two you innings, got right? Holder. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Actually, he did throw two innings. So you got Holder, Robertson, Batances, and Chapman. Yeah, the, and Britton. I mean, five, I like my five odds guys there. right there. And right. I, yeah, and I like my odds there. But, and but we the know D. Rob can throw like 18 innings. So right, he's got a rubber arm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, and epic sideburns. They, those things just keep getting longer. And just a little little centimeter every time <laughs> he goes out there. A little bit, a little bit longer. He's pushing that facial hair roll. But uh, Tanaka has got a 7.58 ERA against the Red Sox this season. Yeah. So this this could be a slugfest on in Game Two. I mean, it could be, or or we see uh, you know postseason lockdown Tanaka on the road Tanaka. You know, we joked yesterday about having <laughs> each row in the stands or just like an, an epic line of Japanese uh, all time greats uh, in there for for uh, Tanaka. But I mean, that's it. I mean, it, it seems like in big situations and in big games, and we we joke about that because in the regular season, you know, those those are you know, those are bigger games for him because when he's going up against a, you know, a Japanese countryman, I mean, the guy's, the guy's huge in Japan. So it's, I don't think any of us can actually, you know, quantify how, how popular those, uh, those, those games are in, in his home country. Um, right. But the, but the bottom line is he gets up for those games. And, and I think, you know, we're looking at a game similar to that in the sense that it's high pressure, high leverage, high attention. And, you know, he's traditionally done well in those games unless it's Derek Jeter day. And Derek Jeter is nowhere, <laughs> nowhere to be seen. near, nowhere near, nowhere near the, uh, the ballpark. Yeah. So, any other thoughts on this game or or on tomorrow's game? Um, you know, it just it just seems like JD Martinez is the guy that they really need to be careful. He almost with. Hit, so he hit the home run in the first inning. He and almost, he almost hit one to right one out yeah. to right field. Yeah, JD Martinez just looks very much locked in. He's looked that way all year. He he's by far, I think, the scariest hitter on this team right now and they just got to be really careful with him they cannot they cannot let him beat uh beat them and i know there there are other guys on this team who have the potential to beat them uh but he just he just strikes me as the guy that you know you really need to 
uh, avoid damage from a- a- at all costs. Well, that you know that starts with not putting runners on base in that, front of them. That is very true. So if J.D. Martinez is going to hit a solo home run, okay. Yeah. But when he's hitting two-run, three-run bombs because yeah. you walked Steve Pierce in front of him, yep. it's unacceptable. Yep. No, that was the big deal. The fact that there were runners on base and that ball flew out, that was the, uh, that was the, the killer. If that was a solo shot, like you're just saying, and you're going aggressive with, with him, you know, with nobody on base, you know, I'll, I'll brush off a solo you shot. Can, you, you can live with it. Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely. Can't, you can't live with three-run bombs. No. Um, Not on the road to Fenway. Right. What'd you think of Ron Darling tonight? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just Dude, it's, uh, epically I mean, bad. Holy shit. He was, when he said that Gardner touched, uh, uh, oh, God, who was it? Uh, Bogarts, was he turning Oh, yes, yeah, sliding, play? yes. It was sliding? Yes. And, and, and the ball, like, they showed the replay, and, and Voight, um, I, was it Voight? Oh, God, it's late, and I'm, I'm losing my mind. It was either Voight or Gardner sliding. Um, it was Gardner. Was it Gardner? Yes. Okay. So he did maybe barely touch him, but the ball was two-thirds of the way to first base at that point. No, it was Voight. It was Voight. Gardner was sliding was later Voight. and broke yeah. it up. It was Voight. My bad. Right. It was, so it was Voight there. And I'm like, oh, the Reds. He's like, oh, the Red Sox could challenge this play. I'm just like, you can't even be mad at that because it's just so ridiculous. He goes, you can't touch him. That's against the rules. He's like, oh, thanks, Ronnie boy. Thank you for telling us the rules that you can't touch him, you dumb shit. All I tweeted from Bronx Pinterest was shut your mouth, darling. I, I, I just I can't handle the stupidity, the utter ridiculousness from some of their comments. The fact that he's talking about J.D. Martinez, that's as far as you can hit a ball in Fenway. Actually, no. And you were, you were <laughs> pretty sure giving, it went first row. Yeah, but you were giving me shit for that it was 370. Okay, but 370 doesn't even get you out in freaking center field. Like Projected to just well, that was shut your mouth, darling. Okay, that was a missile, though. It was a missile, but it's still against the wall if you hit its dead center field. Like, the comment was terrible. I don't care. It was a good, it was a home run. I get it. It was a home run everywhere, but whatever. Just like every, it was just, I just, you know, I know that it's going to be slighted coming in. Like, you know that. Uh, but you know, some of them are just so outrageous, really outrageous. Well, why do these guys keep getting jobs? If TBS is looking at this, why are they giving guys who are just openly slanted against these teams? Jobs. Have you? Did you watch they any of? Care. Did you watch any it's of the Brewers? Team. You watch any of the Brewers? Oh, um, I saw a little Rockies. bit of the end, but I, I didn't have the sound on. Cones on the broadcast. Yes, and he's being held back. <laughs> but but he's, I, I guess he wouldn't be against either the Rockies or the or the Brewers because who, what the hell does he care? But he's phenomenal. I mean, there's a bias here. There's no doubt about it as well. Like we love our guys uh, with, with Cone especially. Um, so I, I like I do get that there's also a bias from us too. Uh, I'm trying to be objective about that, but some of the things that they said were just outright ridiculously dumb. Um, Cone Cone is like to me is one of those guys who who actually says what he thinks and and just kind of says it no matter what, even if it's against the Yankees in a in a yes broadcast, he'll say something. And when he's on these national broadcasts, it's I don't know, it's like it's like tamed, it's like a timid David Cone. Um, right, because like well, he doesn't have like as much back. passion behind yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You know who's with him? AJ Przinsky. Yes, and he was on that. He was on a, uh, a couple, uh, one of the Fox games, I think, uh, on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, so I, I question these producers who are giving these guys jobs. Like AJ Przinsky has been from day one mocked for how bad he is, yet yeah. he still has a broadcaster job. Ron Darling and Eckersley were were 
terribly bad, terribly slanted in that wild card game. And here we go again, Ron Darling in for five games but in the they're, series. They're pulling guys from they're pulling guys from um, local broadcasts all over. They're all right? local, right? right they're not yeah. they're not like general na- uh, you know national guys, kind of like football does. Football has national guys, and then they have more local guys, and right? They, and that's it. Well, they're pulling guys from everywhere, so. I mean, I could understand how it's... Nationally guy, put nationally guys on the American League games and vice versa. Then they just won't know anything. <laughs> then, then they'll just be really Cone, dumb. Cone knows what he's talking about for the Brewers Rockies. Let's all be honest. Cone's, Cone's a savant. Cone's a savant. Nobody, so nobody's got, as good as Cone. I don't know if you saw I tweeted this out, but I got the I'm going to bed text from my dad at 8.50 PM. I, I did see that. People are very interested in what your dad is, is thinking and knowing because there, there's a lot of follow-up tweets... You, the people are looking for some follow-up tweets from uh, from from pops. Yeah, well, the people keep asking for my dad to get on the podcast, and I know he's probably listening to this right now. So, yeah. Dad, we're gonna get you on here. One yeah, day. I think we we absolutely need to get him on. We need to. Yeah. I need to hear this. I need to. I well, need you to know hear where this all came from. Remember when Kemp was born? Uh, I do remember. I do remember, remember when yeah. Kemp was born. Yeah. Well, but, but I was gonna say, do you remember how it was a last-minute thing, and you you texted me like an hour before we were recording, like, "Hey, you're gonna need to find a co-host." Yeah, yeah, it was almost my dad that night. Yeah, that that would have been great. Yeah, that would be. So. Good. I think it was JJ, right? It was JJ, it was, uh, JJ, and Dom uh, for that for that episode. Yeah. But. All right. Well, we got another one tomorrow, right? Or today, as everybody's listening, we got another one today, and uh, yeah. it's uh, another another night game because it's Yankees Red Sox. Though. Eight. So the, I also tweeted out the start times for these games. Bunch of weird ass start times. It was seven thirty two today. It's eight fifteen tomorrow. I think it's seven forty on Monday. Eight oh seven. It's just a bunch of weird-ass times. God forbid they give us a day game. God forbid. Well, that sucks for uh, Cleveland-Houston. They're playing all day games. Oh, I mean, can, can you imagine the people that are following them? The podcast people? I'm not talking about that. The podcast people that are following them, they love oh, it. The, well, the podcast people do. But, That's what I'm saying. But, but for the players, that, that's got to be a little odd, right? You're not used to playing that many day games in a row. Huh, who knows? Probably, probably doesn't matter i don't think it matters um, there's still like the same amount of time between i would love it if i were a player no you know what the best were last year remember those f- like five thirty start times yeah those are nice those are those are the best i could get behind those although yes. tonight wasn't epically long uh, i'm okay with the you know the way that things happen i'm still relatively awake yeah well tomorrow will probably be like tomorrow like, <laughs> depends how the game it depends how the game if, goes if it's an offensive game like it it's, might project to be it might be like four o'clock in the morning before that thing ends yeah I, and I, I can't watch I can't watch these games with people. I, I've realized that uh, we we talked about this before yesterday. I had a buddy over. We're too invested, dude. I, I just can't watch. I, I can't watch with anybody. I'm, for one, I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> and two, <laughs> because you got a million things going on with Twitter, yeah, and, and Facebook, and and, and all two, stuff. I'm a lunatic. I'm sitting yeah. here screaming at myself, pacing like literally. Talking you were pacing to tonight too. So in the first inning alone, I stood up and sat down five separate times. You should see the ridiculous. Leanne's like, what the hell are you doing? I just kept standing up and sitting back down. I wasn't even walking around. I was just standing up and sitting down. I have moved my kitchen table into my living room against my couch so that I have like a full setup behind my couch because I normally I have a stool so that I can stand and sit because I can't sit for a long period of time. I have to like hurts. No, I just no, I'm 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 antsy. (laughs) I just I can't. I can't sit down for a long time when I'm watching these games. I've just, I, I need yeah. to move. And um, yeah, so it's my, my house is in, in shambles right now. My wife is not very happy about it, but she really has no choice. <laughs> well, at this point, it is what it is. Potentially four more in this series. Yeah, here um, we go. I, I, right. Look, I, at the end of the day, like the final thoughts, um, 
it was they lost the game. They, they missed opportunities, but you know what? They there there are some some positives and some good takeaways from this game. The fact that they that they did what they did with Hap, you know, um, just shitting a bed and and going in, into the second inning, and then you, some guys coming in and playing hero like Lancelin, I think was a, a very big part of this game. And then the offense came back. Judge just continued his ownership and and is is so clearly ingrained in the back of Kimbrel's mind. He can't get him out, and he knows that, and I love it. And that's going to come back to haunt him at some point. So I, I think there are some positives, and, and they just need one. So tomorrow's a huge game. Tomorrow is a massive game. We need Tanaka to come out there and, uh, and be g- the good playoff Tanaka. But, right. Like I said, uh, this loss, while it did suck, didn't really change anything. It's no. still status quo in my mind. Yeah. Whereas if the Red Sox had lost, it would have been completely shifted shifted this series. So go out there, attack Price, and win game two. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.